is a presentation of the Match Talk Podcast Network. Defense Soap revolutionized athletic hygiene in 2005 with the introduction of a bar soap containing natural ingredients proven to be effective against skin infections common to wrestlers. Today, Defense Soap leads the world in sports hygiene innovation with a complete line of bar soaps, shower gels, and body wipes that contain high-grade tea tree, eucalyptus, and peppermint oils. Defense Soap. Defend what you have built at DefenseSoap.com. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time for the World Wrestling Resource Podcast. World Wrestling Resource was made that you as a wrestler, parent, coach, or fan can have access to all the resources of the very best in the world of wrestling. I'm three-time wrestling writer and broadcaster of the year, Jason Bryant, and I want you to join me along with John McGovern and world champions Terry Brands and Dennis Hall as we talk training tips, topical discussion, mental preparation, and more on the World Wrestling Resource Podcast. World Wrestling Resource is sponsored by Defense Soap. Find World Wrestling Resource on Facebook at facebook.com slash worldwrestlingresource and follow us on Twitter at WWRESO and, of course, on the web at worldwrestlingresource.com. Now on to the show as we join John McGovern, Terry Brands, and Dennis Hall. And welcome back, wrestling fans. It's another episode of the World Wrestling Resource Podcast. I'm Jason Bryant. This show brings you all sorts of things in and around the world of wrestling involving resources. And today we'll be talking about one of those resources that is wrestling mindset training with Gene Zanetti, one of the founders of Wrestling Mindset. Uh, last time these guys were on the show, episode 37. So, Gene, we're, we're a little bit overdue on the mindset training here on the World Wrestling Resource. <laughs> That's it. That's okay. Better late than never. And, and you know, you can go back and, and hear about some of the foundations of Wrestling Mindset on episode 37. Uh, we were talking about red flags in that episode. That's also been a prevailing theme that you guys use on social media a lot, kind of recycling this stuff. Because, uh, you know, with, with the short attention span of Twitter, sometimes seven minutes is all you get. Uh, how important is it to kind of repeat messages like mindset red flags and things that you guys can can just clear through and plow through in terms of the world of wrestling? Uh, tremendously important. It's it's something that we've been very blessed to see the perspective of thousands, even tens of thousands of wrestlers over the past 10 years. And the, the interesting thing is that they don't all have unique problems or unique issues, right? Whether it's youth wrestlers, middle school, high school, college, the Olympic team, even UFC fighters, it's the same thing. They're struggling with the same kind of mindset red flags, like giving good opponents too much respect, being more of a practice room wrestler, not pulling the trigger, no killer instinct out there. We see it every year at the state tournaments, at the national tournaments. Guys come in, their eyes are as wide as saucers. They're like a deer in the headlights because they just weren't mentally prepared. You know, and we see it in dual meets. We see it in tournaments. It just happens all the time. People just wrestling the ranking, wrestling the kid's record, wrestling the past, and not actually going against the opponent and focusing on the wrong things. So it's a great thing. As we'll, we dial things back, we'll do a little bit of a, a recap on how things got started for those who are unfamiliar with how uh, you and your brother started up Wrestling Mindset, uh, which was Z Wrestling Mindset at one point now, just WrestlingMindset.com. Just give us the, uh, I guess, the, the, the Cliff Notes version of how we began this whole effort. Yes, yeah, so pretty much in high school, we did a lot of physical training, but we always know that Wrestling's like 90% mental, 95% mental, yet we were probably doing 95% physical training. So right there, you know, there's kind of an imbalance. And a lot of times we're losing matches because, again, we're getting too nervous. 
Um, we're too cautious, too conservative, too hesitant out there. In college, that was the first time I heard anything about sports psychology. The, the only problem was when the sports psychologists would come in and work with the team, it was, it was much more like theoretical, philosophical. It was more, um, you know, let's all lay down on the ground, cut the lights, and we do a visualization segment. And it's, and it's like, that's great. I'm all about visualization, but you're kind of losing kids right away. I mean, the reason why we wrestle is because we're hands-on, practical. You know, we need to touch it, taste it, smell it, feel it, right? So uh, we wanted to make this, I saw the, the value of psychology in sports, but it just wasn't being delivered to wrestlers the right way. I mean, most kids, you do that visualization, the kids would close their eyes, fall asleep, or they're laughing. They weren't really taking it as serious. And then the other mistake I would see a lot of times, just very general language for, this, for all sports. And it was up to the wrestler to kind of apply that general knowledge base, that general information to the sport of wrestling. So guys had a problem adapting it. And a lot of times sports psychologists would come and they would talk about goal setting, which is great. But I remember back in college at the University of Pennsylvania, we were a top 20 team in the nation. The whole team was basically ranked. We had seven out of 10 national qualifiers and a two-time NCAA champ and an All-American. I mean, guys did not need to be focusing on goal setting. There was much more pressing issues. So I think there was a lot of, there was big holes in sports psychology. I wanted to take that great field and make it wrestling specific, made by wrestlers for wrestlers. And as the world of wrestling mindset has evolved, now you go to the website again, wrestlingmindset.com. You've got men's mindset, women's mindset, team mindset, youth mindsets. How have they all kind of blossomed? And, and what have you found probably is maybe one of the biggest differences in wrestling between, say, the men's mindset and the women's mindset? And how do you guys teach that? You know, there, there's, a, there's a lot the same. There's a lot that's different. I mean, I think a lot of times with women's wrestling, you see a lot more. Um, we don't want to let other people down. Although that is a prominent issue with men, too. It just might be more under the surface. They sweep it under. But women, it's a little bit more, you know, you see a little bit more emotions, a little bit more likely to quit. And, um, you know, again, just, just letting those emotions just dictate, like, how they're doing that day. But it's very common among guys, too. So I hesitate to call it a specifically women's problem. It's just a lot of times expressed differently in men and women. But the big thing is, you know, we break it down into teams and to individuals. We have a team program, which is all done over Skype, an individual program, which is all done over the phone. And then we deal with a lot of kids under the age of 10. And for them, there's that kids program that you brought up before. I just wanted to clarify what that was all about. So the men and women, they're getting the same mindset program. The kids, it's going to be, it's going to be tweaked slightly more because, you know, it's a younger age. They need, they need to understand the importance of how this all relates to the big picture, school and their whole life. And, and as far as dialing back to the men's and women's thing, do you think that some of the mindset training in terms of, you know, you talked about the, you know, the, the atrophy there, the quitting that may occur. And of course, I, I, I begin to think that that happens with maybe the wrong training from a coaching standpoint. How much do you have to train the coach to also work with this program so they're not telling the athletes the wrong thing that men or women that are causing them to say, you know what, this sport is not for me. I, I didn't come in here to get yelled at. I, you know, I came here to, to learn a sport and have fun. So, I mean, how much of the mindset training goes both ways, not with just you guys talking to the athletes, but you guys also training the coaches? Yeah, I mean, really, if you're looking to build, if you're build, looking to build a successful team, you're looking to build a dynasty, you need everyone speaking the same language. So I, I think you nailed it right there. It's the athletes. It's the coaches, it's the parents, it's getting everyone speaking the same language and delivering a uniform message to these kids. That's why when we work with teams, we strongly recommend not only their, not only their team comes in, but obviously also the coaches 
all their parents, and we invite the recreation team to join those high school teams, um, recreation parents, recreation coaches, recreation wrestlers. So now everyone in town is starting to speak the same language. Otherwise, you know, parents can very much undermine the lessons we're giving the kids, even very well-meaning coaches, but both well-meaning coaches and parents. It's just they don't necessarily know um, those kinds, those common mindset red flags and the, the basic mental mistakes teams and individuals make. A lot of this comes did that from, answer the question? Yeah, I think it did. It, it, my, my question, too, is how much of your own mindset training goes into the business here? Because kind of turning this on its head a little bit is a lot of mindset training and learning how to be a successful athlete, successful person life is trial and error. It's not being afraid to fail, but being able to analyze where you failed and improve upon it. With your own business, how much did you and your brothers figure out like, okay, this works. Now, this doesn't. Let's go back to what works and then build upon it. I mean, how much of your own mindset training did you have to apply to creating the wrestling mindset? Yeah, I think that that's that's really excites me. And that's the um, I think the real gold of mindset training. Uh, my brother and I, we spent a lot of time training physically. We don't really, we don't really use that anymore other than trying to look good for the beach. Right. <laughs> and it's winter well, you, time, you guys so are from Jersey. <laughs> let's just, let's clarify that. Okay. There's a little bit of that Jersey short DNA in you. You can't deny. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. So I mean, you guys, we, hair is always perfect. It, your hair is always perfect. <laughs> Maybe you're thinking of my brothers, but I'm trying. I just got a haircut. It runs yeah, in the no, family. So, um, I mean, Mike's hair is also perfect too. So, I mean, you, know, you just die, uh, you guys. Anyway, continue. Mike's 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 hair always is perfect. That I will say about him. He presents very well. He's a good guy, Mike. So we um, what was I saying here about? Oh, how much the mindset applies uh, from wrestling to life. So we, there's a lot of training, physical training we did in wrestling. We don't use it anymore. A lot of technical training. We don't use it. Um, uh, nutrition, strength training, yes, a little bit here and there, but mindset, everything we learned from our mindset, um, everything we learned in wrestling about mindset is now directly related to the business. Just like you said, not being afraid to lose or make mistakes. There's going to be a lot of failures. Not everyone's going to want to do your mindset program. There's always ups and downs being in it for the long run. You know, your career, like I tell our athletes all the time, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So you need to be training hard. You need to be training smart. You got to learn from your mistakes. And on and on and on and on. So really wrestling, wrestle, especially the sport of wrestling, has so many lessons for life as long as you are applying them. The sad thing you see is a lot of people who are very good wrestlers, they don't make that step. They don't take that. They don't take these le lessons they learn in wrestling and apply them to life. And then they're just not as successful as they could have been. So that's a major, major point of our program. One of the things we constantly stress, you have to get the big picture from this whole wrestling experience. Yeah, we want to be state champs, national champs, some guys Olympic champs, great. But what are you going to do after that? The next 70, 80 years, God willing, you're alive in this world. How are you applying those lessons to life? So we're constantly having these athletes think about that big picture. That's the value of having a mentor. That's the value of having a wrestling mindset coach. So who is your wrestling mindset coach? You talk about all these things about goal setting. When, when you dial it back to the business where wrestling mindset is going from here, how much of, you know, again, putting putting your own uh, practicing what you preach, so to speak. I mean, how do you guys hold each other accountable? How do you guys grow the business based on the same things you are teaching to these teams? Yeah, uh, different ways. First of all, making sure you have a coach. Anyone who's serious about anything has a coach. We have technical coaches. We have strength coaches. Uh, it's important to have a mindset coach. So we apply those lessons ourselves. We have different business mentors, several different people, several different organizations. Uh, we work with them directly on 
them going through our financials, going through our business strategy, the business plan, making sure that that's holding us accountable. My brother, Jeff, and I, we've always been one another's, we've been each other's workout partners, our training partners hold each other accountable then, the same thing we're doing now. Uh, and then how we're working on these things also is as we're going through these different lessons with these athletes, very frequently, my brother and I and other mindset coaches were saying, hey, we better apply this lesson to, to our business, whether it's having a very concrete and specific action plan. A lot of athletes don't have a very clear and specific action plan, what they're doing, when they're going to be doing it, or how many hours, how many minutes, how many repetitions. We're holding each other accountable with that. So it's a constant, it's a constant application and big time what we're focusing on, right? A lot of times athletes just don't know what are the right things to focus on. And as we always say, predator mindset, you focus on the three things that you have control of your effort, your attitude, and aggressiveness. You're not looking around. You're not comparing yourself to the competition. That's very much applicable to your career, right? You can't look at what the next guy's doing. You have enough issues of your own, different things you're trying to work on. So it's focusing on the right things and weeding out the rest of the things. You have all your energy to solve the problems and the challenges that are in your hands. You know, there's everything's a step by step process. So when you when you're when you're going through and, and talking to kids, whether they be high school kids or college athletes that you guys work closely with, and there's a breakthrough moment. There is a whole nother set of skills. Basically it's like a giant flow chart or an if then command if you're if you're a code guy. So it's like, okay, you finally break through, you've got success. You've hit goal number one. Then you've hit goal number two, and then all of a sudden the world opens up and you got a lot more goals. You start winning, say, a state title. All of a sudden, your options go from maybe the state school down the street to now you've got 30 Division One schools looking at you. You've got you know calls from the Olympic Training Center, for example. Like When, you, when you're going through the goal-setting process, when, when the eyes get big and a lot more doors open, how do you guys tweak the mindset training based on, okay, what does the athlete need? Where can we help them make the right decision and guide them to where they feel they ultimately should be? Yeah, so one of the first things we do with the athletes, we have them fill out a mindset checklist. We break mindset down into different mental muscles, just like the body has many different physical muscles. The mind is the same way. There's different mental muscles. And we all have some areas we're strong. We all have some areas we're weak. It's just like our body. You know, a lot of coaches will mistakenly believe either you have it or you don't. That's, that's not what we see. What we see is that we're strong in some areas, weak in others. So if you, if you look at the whole program with those, those nine major mindset muscles, right, we break it down into two parts. There's foundation level mindset, which is more like a goal setting, mental toughness, motivation. And then on the other hand, you have peak performance mindset, which is more like relaxing under pressure, confidence, clarity, aggressiveness. Both are important, of course, but they're just, they're slightly, it's a slightly different focus, right? And we tend to see people tend to either struggle more with the foundation level mindset or the peak performance mindset. Most people aren't even aware that either one of those exists. So we break it down into that way. And at different times of year, we're going to be in different times in the athlete's career, we're going to be having a greater focus, sometimes more in the foundation, sometimes on the peak performance. And sometimes it'll switch. Like when an athlete makes the transition from high school to college, in high school, they may be working more on peak performance because they're one of the top guys in the state. Like you said, they're being recruited heavily. All eyes are on them. Then they get to college. They're a nobody. No one knows who they are. Nobody cares. And they're competing all the time with people who are just as talented as them. So now it's not so much the peak performance. Now it's battling the discouragement. Now it's more building that mental toughness, staying motivated. You know, you were a big fish and now you're a small fish. So it's 
getting motivated again. Whereas maybe as a senior, they didn't they didn't focus as much on being motivated. That make a little sense. Yeah, and I'm also curious on how you you modify certain mindsets. I mean, you obviously things are customized for for certain kids, but. One thing I've seen a lot is when kids are super good at an early age, there there is a you can either shoot towards the stars or you can end up being, you know, caught by the, the the kid that starts in the ninth grade. And usually that falls around that age 16. When you get the driver's license, you get the girlfriend. How much do you guys, <laughs> you know, those are two of the biggest distractions. What is it? Gasoline is the one thing that's prevented the most state championships or something like that. I can't remember exactly what the title is, but, you know, you, you get the girlfriend, you one. get the car. <laughs> And your priorities change. Where where do you guys try to make sure with, with your clients and whatnot that that type of situation can be uh, at least not necessarily avoided because, you know, you know who, who doesn't like having a, having a girlfriend and driving a car around town, especially with you, you guys at the Jersey Shore. But, you know, how do you yeah. work on <laughs> right. the, the, the teenage psyche right there to make sure they are staying focused? You know, I. Uh, see, the first thing that that makes me think of is one of our one of our exercises, one of our one of our lessons, uh, self knowledge week ten, and it's understanding the athlete and their environment and their surroundings, right? A lot of times, what we'll see a kid who's a, who's a real dynamo at a young age, they have a parent who's maybe a little bit overbearing, <laughs> right? So they need to know how to balance that, or a coach that's possibly very overbearing. So it happens. The coaches, the parents, they have nothing but the best of intentions for the kid. It's just sometimes they're driving them too hard. We got to make sure the kid's the one who's driving the process, especially as they get older. And like you said, as they get to 15, 16, 17 years old, the kid starts learning the word no, and he's able to start making those decisions on his own. So I think self-knowledge week 10 is where we really take a deep look on the kid's relationship with the parents and with the coaches. And we found tremendous success with this with athletes, but sometimes this is the big thing that's holding them back. That they don't have that, the relationship is not, it's not that it's not strong, just there's some big holes. So we assess how the coach, how the parent, what they're doing that's helping them mentally, what are they doing that's hurting them mentally? How does the kid process critiques and criticisms, right? What should the coach or the parent be telling the athlete before a match and during the tournament? I bring that up because, again, that's, that's where usually we see the kids getting burnt out. It's usually because there's a strained relationship with the coach with a parent we've seen it with thousands of kids so that's i think that's the heart of the issue that's that's getting deeper than the surface level stuff we look at the growth of the need for something like this i mean sports psychology you'd, you'd alluded to is kind of you know you guys weren't really in tune to it until you know oh all of a sudden th- th- there is a rationale for this. There is a reason for this. I mean, it's 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 a it's an industry. Just look at professional sports. You know, you got you got the the relief pitcher who blows a save. He's sitting there talking to a sports psychologist for weeks. He might end up end up you know ruining their career because they had one bad game and they got into their head. When you look at some of your athletes or coaches that might have that that stumble that roadblock, they they were up ten and got decked in, in a match to go to the state tournament. Uh, and, and they've only got, you know, it might be their senior year. They, they might lose it. I mean, how do you apply situational tactics to a failure to, to make sure that they don't just, you know, fall off the deep end and, and just basically quit on everything? Yeah, well, falling off the deep end, deep end usually means that there's, there's a bigger issue. And we address that in mental toughness. So uh, we address in mental toughness and in goal setting. So, you know, more than just writing our goals down, you have to know your purpose. Why are you wrestling? Right. And this goes along with our lessons for mental toughness. Who are you? What do you believe? What are you about? The deeper questions that a lot of times we just distract ourselves from by playing Netflix, video games, 
spending countless hours on, you know, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. Why are you doing this? What is it all about? What is wrestling all about? What's life all about? And I, 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 we speak to that because if you know who you are, if you know what you believe, then you're not going to get too derailed by a loss, right? You're not going to be too derailed by a failure. Yeah, it's going to be upsetting. It's going to be, it's going to hurt. It's going to sting, but it doesn't ruin your life. So you need to know who you are, right? Uh, we have four principles of wrestling mindset that we have every one of our teams say before and after every single practice. And number three is I have no fear of losing or making mistakes. So we drill that into our athletes' minds over and over and over. In fact, one of our guys was an NCAA champ. And right after the match, they interviewed him. And it's one of the first things he said, I have no fear of losing or making mistakes. We had him so well mentally trained that he was like a robot when the NCAAs came. Um, but in any event, we study history. Look at the greatest warriors, the Spartans, the Samurai, the Aztecs, U.S. military, you know, Navy SEALs, the Marines, all these guys. What do they have in common? They know what they believe and they're willing to die for it. Right. They know what they believe and they're willing to die for it. So it's, you look at wrestling. Right. You're not going to die out there. God willing. Right. <laughs> Very rare. The death in wrestling. But, you know, the, the, the death feels like losing. Right. So how do you overcome that fear of losing? You have to know what you believe. What are you about? So you never want to make wrestling your entire identity. Like we do pride ourselves in being wrestlers on living for the challenge on being warriors on being competitors, but your life has to be bigger than that. You're, you know, who are you? What are you about? What's, what's your faith? Like, what's your relationship with God? Like, if you know that and whatever happens to you, you could come back from it. But too many times wrestlers are saying to themselves, if I'm good, if I win, I'm a great, if I lose, I'm a schmuck, <laughs> right? We can't do that. And it's a common mistake we make from youth wrestling, and it carries us right up. It's great to want to win. It's great to hate to lose, but you can't make wrestling your identity. And if you watch guys like Kyle Snyder, you watch guys like Jordan Burroughs, listen to their interviews, they're more than just wrestlers. You have to listen to them. You look at teams like Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, listen to their interviews and those coaches. Yes, they're about winning. They're about success. But more than that, it's a philosophy. It's the lifestyle. It's who they are. And that's why they're going to be able to bounce back and succeed even after a loss. I want to dial it back to the business here a little bit and, and the growth that you guys have experienced. I know last year there was a certain podcast, one of the most popular podcasts out there, Joe Rogan and Ben Askren is a guest. And right there, they're talking. Next thing you know, Ben Askren mentions wrestling mindset and the website right there on like, again, the most, one of the most downloaded podcasts in the universe. I mean, uh, what did that do like immediately for one relevance and two, your business? Yeah. I mean, that just drew a lot more attention, a lot more eyes onto what we were doing. I mean, it was, it was great because uh, Joe Rogan was talking about it, saying that there's really no, there's many ways to physically train, but there's no, um, exact an exact way to train your mindset like step by step how do you how are you supposed to think and basically walked ben askren right into it and ben brought it up that we have that we have mindset training you know right away obviously you get a lot a much bigger spike more people signing up people buying our products our books our master courses that we have um more people in the mma world being familiar with mindset and also just other sports in general because i think what they realized like Joe Rogan said, this could apply to anything, right? It doesn't matter if you have New Year's resolution, trying to lose weight, you know, you're trying to build a business, you have a sales team that you want to be successful with. It doesn't matter. It's all mindset. You know, do you, do you have confidence or not? Are you mentally tough or not? Can you bounce back from mistakes? Yes or no, right? So 
Um, it definitely got a lot more traction to the websites and to the different products and services that we have. Yeah, and talk about the growth of the the mindset coaches. I mean, how much of this is 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 wrestling and combat sports? I mean, what other sports have you branched out to? I mean, just talk about the general growth. I mean, I, we talked with Mike Moore at the uh, NWCA convention in, in in Fargo. I mean, you guys have have a presence pretty much everywhere now. But I mean, there's there's manpower growth, there's business growth. I mean, there's there's so much stuff here. I mean, is this kind of what you uh, were envisioning when you and your brother started this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We were thinking big right from the very beginning, just because we see how important, how relevant it is to, to all sports, all athletes, and how much it's really not being addressed in a systematic way. That's the big thing. We're able to, we're able to scale this thing in a systematic way. We now have over 75 mindset coaches around the country, all across the U.S. Uh, we spoke, obviously, at the National Wrestling Convention, however, the coaches convention for however many years, seven, eight years now. This past year, we spoke at the Gymnastics Coaches Convention, um, you know, national lacrosse, um, spoke with baseball, um, basketball, football. So really all around the country, we've expanded to all different sports. If you type in baseball mindset, uh, lacrosse mindset, gymnast mindset, golf, tennis, we're going to pop up there on Instagram, on Facebook and everything. That's uh, been great. It's been great. I mean, you know, it's, obviously wrestling is our baby. We started there, but there's a lot of wrestlers that have a brother or sister that, that's about, that plays hockey or tennis or golf. And we want to be able to help them too. You know, it's, it's great. I think everyone can benefit from the wrestler's mindset. So just taking that, branching it to the other sports, it's been great. What's been the biggest eye-opening experience for you personally, going from you know your wrestling background and then maybe getting stumped by something that a, a, a team sport presents with you? I mean, or another individual sport because you know tennis and gymnastics are you know it's a lot of practice, a lot of practice, a lot of practice. Not really a true team component to either of those sports. Like wrestling does have a team component, but anything throughout your your journey in these these last several years is like. Wow, I, I never considered that as an issue. I would just say, like you said, it's just um, when we deal with a team sport, it's another dimension that's added to it. It's not just a matter of, like when we talk about a wrestling, golf, tennis, gymnastics, it's, it's easy to say, just focus on yourself, right? Do what's, do what's best for you. Get yourself ready. And usually if you're doing that, the team is going to follow suit. You're dealing with a uh, sport like lacrosse, football, soccer, basketball. You can't not think about how the team is responding to things. There are times you are going to have to correct the teammate and, and make onboard corrections during the game. You're communicating during the game. So it's just, it's just another layer that's added to things. So um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge right away for someone who's in an individual sport like us, right? But um, really what we did is we found other high-level athletes from all these different sports. We took the same exact curriculum from Wrestling Mindset and just modified the language and modified the situations to fit those sports. So we, you know, we, we don't try to reinvent the wheel there. We take what we have, and we have an expert in those sports, make those worksheets and tailor them specifically to them. That makes some sense. When you look back at your own career and, and your brother's career as you built this and, you know, trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, and you're big, you got 75 mindset coaches now, you've got, you know, people from all walks of life. Of those 75, how many of them actually come from a wrestling background, and how many of them do you, like, have to, have to? I mean, the vetting process has got to be, be uh, you know, quite big, because, you know, it's a big world out there, there's a lot of people that like to flub their, their, their accomplishments and resume and pad the resume to try to get into a cushy gig or something like this, but, you know, how much of, of the vetting process... And, and, you know, I guess the implementation of these, these coaches within uh, the mindset training programs, do you and your brother have to have to vet personally? 
Well, we've, we just brought in a great general manager, Jake Hunter. He was one of our teammates at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, he's been involved in the company for years now. Just this past year, he left his job as a teacher to come in full-time with Wrestling Mindset. And now he, he's the general manager, so he does all the, all the hiring, all the vetting. He's just been an unbelievable asset to our team. So he's basically running the show with, with a lot of those, uh, those back office and management um, situations. So it's, um, it's, it's, been, it's been a big help. Like you said, yeah, there's a lot of people who want to be mindset coaches, a lot of people that want to be part of our sales team, a lot of people that want to help us move into different directions, take us into uh, other sports, coming in as you know, regional directors or managers. So it's, you know, it, it takes time, just like anything else. It's got to, you know, patience, making sure you're looking for the right things, people that really share the same values as us, people who really want to be mentors and, and you know, set these kids up for success. That's really what it comes down to, whether it's a team, whether it's a business, making sure you're working with people that share your values, they share your mission, and they share your vision of where the company should be moving. What's the type of individual that you, you might come across and be like, yeah, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I mean, there's, it, there's, there's certain type of people that should not be mindset coaches. Uh, what, what, what are some of those things that are kind of red flags, you know, for, for hiring, not just the mindset red flag, but maybe a hiring red flag, maybe for, for this or any other business? Uh, when it's all about success, when it's all about success, because it has to be bigger than that. It's got to be about what are, you know, how are we setting these kids up for life? So if all we're talking about is success or money or having a comfortable job, sometimes people will come on board and they'll say, well, I just want to have a job in wrestling. Or like, you know, this really isn't a job in wrestling. You're a mindset coach. You're a mindset. You're a mentor. So, I mean, it's great. What's great. You want to have a job within the sport of wrestling. But if that's all it's about, just like a comfort thing. And just something to do is like a side job. You know, even if you, even if our people are, we do have mostly part-time people. We've got uh, five, six people that are full-time and then everyone else is part-time. But those people who are part-time, just like our full-time people, it's a vocation for them, right? It's not just a job. It's not just a part-time job. It's a vocation. It means it's something they're doing to have a positive impact on the world, to glorify God. That's what we're, we're really looking for. We're, we're aiming in that direction. How much of the messages change from year to year because the sport changes, technology changes, you know, 10 years ago, Instagram wasn't a thing, you know, uh, you know, 15 years ago, we, we weren't having whole tons of kids playing World of Warcraft. We were, you know, 20 years ago, we were, I was still struggling with dial up internet in my dorm room. So, I mean, what technological and societal changes, uh, do you have to go through and how much does that tweak where, where the mindset training changes. Okay, this was a thing now, but now we're, we're moving towards something and the kids are starting to think a different way because their, their access to information or their access to technology has changed basically uh, the path that they were going. Yeah, the, so we're always evolving. We're always constantly, we're updating the worksheets, making little tweaks here and there, adding this example, um, adding that, modifying this part of the curriculum, taking that out. But overall, I would say these are, these are evergreen topics, right? Like confidence, mental toughness, relaxing under pressure for any sport, any profession, or really any time period in history. It's going to basically be the same. It's just now maybe we're talking more about, you know, the, the distractions of Netflix versus maybe, you know, people who they don't have, they don't have access to technology. Maybe they're just, they're just hanging out in the street corner and doing whatever. So, I mean, yes, we're, we're always using that. We have to be very aware of what forms of social media are these kids on? Um, what are they looking at? What's in their, you know, their visual and auditory 
you know, what's, what's, what's coming into their mind? How are the parents? Again, now we see a lot more overbearing parents than ever before in history. So you're constantly thinking about that. And then also you're seeing more structure. Right now, the kids also live a much more structured life in terms of you have to travel to go everywhere. There's always um, certain dates and times, whereas maybe back when we were competing, we were younger, uh, it wasn't like that as much. There's more, you want to call it recreation or free time. Not everyone had a strength coach or had to go to all these. Now there's, it seems like there's a national tournament almost every week. So we're thinking about all those kind of things. And we build that in a little bit, but I would say the topics themselves, they don't change. Was there a phone call or an email or, or direct message or something from somebody that as soon as you got it was like, oh, wow, we have arrived? Um, well, no, I wouldn't say that because <laughs> I never think I never think we arrived. You know, um, we're our 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 intention was always to grow this and to make this very big and help as many people as possible. Um, I think once you think you have all the answers, you got to start changing your questions. Right. You, you aim high in wrestling, you aim high in school, you aim high in business. Uh, there's definitely there's always like little small victories and small defeats, just like your wrestling career. So business becomes a lot like how it was wrestling. Um, and you celebrate those little victories and victories don't necessarily come in the form of getting your hand raised like in wrestling. Sometimes it's just, OK, we're we're deciding between two things, two directions. We pick the direction. Just sometimes making a decision is something to celebrate. That becomes a victory in and of itself because. It's related to something within our control. Anytime our effort, our attitude, our aggressiveness is on point, you want to celebrate that. But there's, you know, of course, there's little things here and there. You get mentioned on the Joe Rogan podcast. Great. Um, you see, you see um, different celebrities that are either retweeting our information or they like something you post on Instagram. Of course, that's a, ni- that's a nice little feeling. You know, we're human, too. We like to see that. But I think the key is not to get too wrapped up in it. You feel good about it and then you move forward. And the same thing with a, a defeat or different times where, you know, you mess up, you make a mistake, things don't work out well for you, learn the lesson, move forward. And you can see all, all of that type of stuff on the, the testimonials. You've got just a number of them from various, you got youth kids, you got women's wrestlers, you got NCAA champions, you got college national champion coaches. I mean, you've got just the gamut of wrestling styles. But I'm curious on U.S. women's national team coach, Terry Steiner, he's sitting there on the testimonial page and it's just like, I, I want to know how does that discussion to get to to work with a U.S. national team and its coach? You know, the, these are these are the the women who are going to represent the country, uh, not just the world championships but the Olympic championships. Talk about how that opportunity presented itself. Yep, Terry Steiner, Matt Lindland for the, so the U.S. women's the women's team, the Greco team started working with them. You know, you see a lot of people at different events. You start forming relationships, and um, not only Terry Steiner's brother Troy, we worked with his team. Um, you know, they, the team was on board the mindset program. A lot of it, just like wrestling, you, you go up to people, you build relationships, you talk, and you come up with different ways to to help. So it's a lot of brainstorming and a lot of being aggressive on our part in business. You just you have to approach people, you have to build relationships, and and it's more fun that way. Uh, but yeah, we probably we probably met both of them years ago. I think we met Matt Lindland originally at a UFC gym on Long Island, I believe. And that's back when my brother and I, we started a, phys- a fitness business originally. That's why we have the Z in our name. Our fitness business was Z Fanatical Fitness. And that's why probably a lot of coaches are confused around the country when they get an invoice from Z Fanatical Life, because we just, we changed the name, but it's, we still have that Z there in the logo. But uh, yeah, we met Matt years ago when, you know, I think back when he was still fighting. 
Yeah, and you, you know, back when I was with uh, Amateur Wrestling News in the open mat, you were writing blogs for us before, you know, the, the wrestling mindset. It was right around the time wrestling mindset kind of took hold. It was like Z fanatical. Fi- Wait, what's yeah. this wrestling mindset thing now? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of seeing the evolution from start to finish here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was interesting. So we learned a lot about that in our business. We originally wanted to do like a P90X and Insanity um, marketing scheme for um, for fitness. Me, my brother, Jeff, my brother, Greg. It's going to be like the three brothers presenting the three levels of fitness, exercise, nutrition, and mindset. So mindset was there also. And eventually we got to deal with one of the gyms in the New Jersey area, Retro Fitness. And um, it was going well, but we just had minimal control because we were confined by what we could do in their gym. So all the while, I still had clients for mindset, for wrestling and teams, and we just decided to take it in that direction. And, you know, thanks be to God, it's been an incredible success. So it was just much more aligned with who we are and what we want to do. Do you ever think that the whole process is just kind of unbelievable when you'd be like, wait a minute, I got, you know, let's, let's, use, let's use the Steiner brothers as an example. So wait a minute, I got Troy and Terry Steiner bringing my company in to do things like, these guys know a lot more about wrestling than I do. What 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 can I possibly offer them? Wait a minute, what? Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing that like, you know, when somebody calls you for something you're like, "Why what wait, you're asking me?" I mean, it's it's uh, I mean, uh, a little bit of imposter syndrome or I mean, how how much was it to to kind of fight through that initial thoughts be like, "Okay, uh they're hiring me for a reason." Yeah, you know, it's 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 a, it's a funny thing, but it's just a different way of really looking at it that if you're looking at it from a wrestling perspective, that's why you have to be looking at the, the big picture. And that's why, again, it's important to have a mindset coach to actually show you how to look at this. So this is how I would approach that from a mental situation. Um, we're dealing with an Olympic coach. Obviously, we're not going to teach them anything about wrestling. They've been involved in the game a lot longer. They've had all the success. They've won tournaments and competitions and coached people to win tournaments and competitions that I've never even competed in. That's okay. We're not there to teach these coaches wrestling. We're there to teach them mindset. So we're not stepping on any kind of toes. They have their expertise, the sport. Our expertise is mindset. Um, just like it's, you know, it's nothing personal with, with us. We don't know the sport the way they do. It's nothing personal. They don't know mindset the way we do because we've been trained for it. I have my two master's degrees in psychology. Um, basically studied it my whole life. You know, a coach could only do so much. A coach is also, a coach is a mini CEO. They got to know technique. They got to know about fundraising, recruiting. They got to be an administrator. There's a lot on a coach's hands. So it would be the same reason why they bring in a strength coach. The strength coach isn't going to teach the wrestling coach much about wrestling, probably nothing at all. But the strength coach is an expert on building muscle or building explosive power or building conditioning. So we have our little, our little niche ourselves. Mindset is something that we could contribute to them that they, they might know pieces of it and it might be something they do naturally, but it might not be something that, that they're trained in how to communicate. And that's what we do. We know how we know the lessons and we know how to communicate those lessons uh, effectively to the kids. So it's um, yeah, on the surface, you think, man, what are these what are these guys doing using me? But it, that's just the wrong way of thinking of it. And the Makes other sense. Yeah. The other part that I'm, I'm also looking at is like you've got a guy who, for example, these coaches, you know, national champions. It's like, OK, got a hi- we're hiring a mindset coach to help our kids build to become national championships or hit their goals, whether if their goals to be an all American hit that, if their goals be a national champion, hit that. But you've got coaches that are, you won national championships. <laughs> you know, that's one of those things like they've got the experience to teach here. You know, there's that, that there, there's that gap, uh, you know, between what you've done as an athlete and what they've done as an athlete, whereas they don't have the mindset training. You have the mindset training. How do you work together with the coach that has 
that experience that these kids want to get and then build it into what you're teaching? Yes, I mean, every coach is going to have a different background. And I think that brings that brings something unique to the table. Like, um, so the first thing we have a parent do or we have a coach do is they fill out a parent questionnaire, coaches questionnaire. And that's we use that information to match their kid or their team up with a with a coach that's going to best fit them. So if we have a kid, all they really care about is they have this one big goal. They want to be a national champ or whatever. We might give them a coach who's who's done that already. Right now, there's another there's many other reasons why kids would do mindset training outside of just being successful in wrestling. We had another kid, highly successful wrestler. One of his big goals was to own a gym in life. So we matched him up. We saw that on the parent questionnaire. We matched him up with the with the mindset coach who actually owns a gym. Um, another co- another kid really wanted to be an Ivy League student. So we matched him up with one of our Ivy League mindset coaches. So it's just it's great to have the diversity of what the mindset coaches have, have achieved in their lives and also what are some of their other specialties that could directly help a kid. We had, another, we had several other mindset coaches that have had some serious injuries in their career that they were able to recover from. So if we know a kid's dealing with a serious injury, we're going to match them up with that mindset coach. So it's, it's not like the national champ is always the best fit for everyone, but you know it helps because there are some people that's exactly what they need. Did I answer that question? <laughs> I think you nailed that one. That one pretty good. So again, talking with uh, Gene Zanetti, one of the founders of Wrestling Mindset, which again began as Z Fanatical Fitness on the web at WrestlingMindset.com. A lot of inspirational stuff that floats around on social media. And you know how much in the time we got left, the the social media impact of your company. I mean, you, you talked about some of the people that that share some of these quotes or retweet or favorite or, or repost whichever app they're using on Instagram. I mean, what's been the biggest benefit? of social media in a business like yours? Uh, we, we just wouldn't have been able to grow this to the same extent if we didn't have social media. I mean, I guess if we, it, we could have, I guess, if we had some kind of infomercial campaign, but within sports, that's, that's incredibly rare. So and and you really also need to get those people that look yeah. dumbfounded in the audience that are just nodding their head and, and <laughs> like, you know, or like these like, you know, are you tired of washing big bulky pants? Wah, wah. <laughs> Try wrestling mindset. I don't know if that's going to work. They always find the most inept people at washing dishes for those things. Maybe they need <laughs> yeah, mindset training on how to wash dishes. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're getting hey, off the doesn't? rails on that who one doesn't? here. all right gina the time we got left where can they where can they follow you guys on on social media because there's a lot of inspirational stuff out there we want to want to throw at them of course the website wrestlingmindset.com and then the social avenues are fill in the blank facebook instagram twitter snapchat linkedin we're on all of them and then if for you know any of our any of our listeners that are have athletes kids that play other sports or whatever it is lacrosse football baseball we have it you check out zwinningmindset.com so zwinningmindset.com, and then we, I'm sure we probably have their sport on our Instagram, on our Facebook. Again, lacrosse, football, tennis, golf, soccer, any of that stuff. We have all those specific pages all built out, so they can take a look at it. They're getting the same great information. And you go to the website, you can see the mindset red flags, not pulling the trigger, not being aggressive, no killer instinct, choking in big matches, you're a slow starter, the different wrestler in practice the match giving your opponents too much respect. Get that free session again, wrestlingmindset.com. Gene, it's been too long, man. Next time uh, we'll, we'll make it a lot shorter between uh, two years between episodes here on World Wrestling Resource. <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks a lot for having me, Jason.
Subscribe to the World Wrestling Resource Podcast by going to www.rpodcast.com and check it out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, or wherever you find your podcasts. World Wrestling Resource at worldwrestlingresource.com. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.